the book of Philippians chapter 4. Chapter 4. Now, we talked about a few weeks ago some, some things in our thinking. I'm going to give you some battle strategies tonight to begin to set your mind to change the way you think. Now, in order to do this, it's going to take discipline and it's going to take some persistence. And every one of us, guys, when you start growing up in the things of God, you've got to start thinking in line with the Word. Now, you heard a few weeks ago, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. You think in line with the Word of God, so is he. You think in the line with the way your college professor tells you, you so is you. You're going to think in line with what you're around. Now, this takes us back to Romans 12, 2, and it says, Do not be conformed, molded or shaped, to this world, to the way the world thinks, but be transformed, be changed. That from a worm to a butterfly is what it's talking about, basically. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of my mind to the Word of God. Now, this is where every one of us got to do. And listen, guys, this is a daily thing. That's why it's important. You've got to read the Bible on a daily basis. Let me ask you something. How many of you eat every day? Duh. Some of you say, I eat three times a day. Some of you say, that's nothing. I eat ten times a day. I eat every, every tr- opportunity I have to belly up to the trough. I'm there. Now think about that. Once again, we don't do anything to feed our faith. We don't do anything to get the Word of God on the inside. Think about this, that when I read the Word of God, it's literally spiritual food to me. And when you start reading the Bible, once you get to a place and studying the Bible, I'm telling you, there's times in my life, I crave the Bible. I crave it, and that just maybe not just be the Bible, it may be good books that you read. You may be going something through something in your life. Find a good book that's got a lot of Scripture in it. And feed your faith. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, every one of us have read that over and over and over and over. And it is important to note that he emphasizes not so much on the achievement, but on our willingness to allow Christ to empower us to sustain us in difficulty. Now, I've used this in achievement. I mean, you, many of you in here said, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And maybe it was something in your life that you struggled with. But in reality, when you look at this, he's saying, really, I've got to learn to, to trust in God. Trust in the power of Jesus in life's difficulties. Now, when you read this, you will either have an I can attitude or I can't attitude. One of the two. And as human beings, your success in overcoming life's difficulty is largely determined by by how you look at things. Now, I can do whatever I need to in life through Jesus. Now, look real close at that verse. I can do all things through Christ. I want you to see that. It did not say I can do all things because I ate my Wheaties. I can do all things because I'm so smart. No. It's through Jesus, and so whatever presents itself today in your life, whatever presents itself tomorrow in your life, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, I can do it through Christ. I can handle it. 
And you've probably found this out as believers. All my days aren't just a bed of roses. There's certain times that things happen in our lives that we don't plan for. Understand this. When, when your world rocks you, remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, each one of us do a thing that we call self-talk. And self-talk really is, is words we say silently to ourselves. Some of us are real good at that. I'm really good. I mean, I talk all day to myself. And usually our self-talk is into response to what people have said, events, and even challenges. Now, here's where we got to change. i got to start telling myself, even in my self-talk, what the Bible says. What the Word of God says. And all this happens from... I begin to transform my mind. I begin to think in line with the Word of God. And when anything opposes that, according to 2 Corinthians 10, I'm to cast it down. I'm to take it captive. And so what happens is when somebody says something to you, and if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, see, the measuring stick in our life is always the Word of God. I don't, I don't care what Sister Buckamouth says. I don't care what your boss says, and I'm not saying be disrespectful, but listen, I put the Word of God at the highest point. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I'm not going to receive it. This is the way we must begin to think. Now go with me into, oh, just go back. Go back to Romans 8. I want to show you something here. Romans chapter 8. Just a little bit there to your left. Romans 8. See, the Word will tell you about your identity. The Word will tell you who you are. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Now, this is another scripture. Probably every one of us in here have heard this. Some of you may quote it, but it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're more than Now, how am I more than a conqueror? It says specifically, through him, through Jesus. Now get this, guys. If you'll note in there at the first part, he said, yet in all these things. What were the things he was talking about? Well, let's go back previously to what Paul was talking about and look in verse 35, and he's going to tell you. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, troubles, shall distress, hard times, Persecutions, hatred, famine, hunger, nakedness, that's homeless, perils, that's bullying, threats, or sword. You know what that sword, that is? Backbiting. Now, he tells me, in all these things I just read, even when people backbite, even when people stab me, when, when there's trouble on the horizon, he said something here. Yet in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. How? Through Jesus. Now, get the last part there. Through Him who loved us. Now, this is, this is interesting at times when I, I tell people, you know what you need to do? You need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, God loves me. Sometimes people cringe at I, I can't do that. Well, what did He just say there? We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Who loved us? He tells me he loves us. 
And so I believe some of you, 50 times a day, you need to take that vitamin right there and look in the mirror and say, God loves me. God loves me. And you know what I'm doing? I'm beginning once again to change my identity. God loves me. And you know what? The love of God for you and me isn't based on my performance. Isn't based on what I do right or He just loves me. And when we talk about the love of God, it's the word agape, which means the unconditional love of God. Now, what happens to us as human beings? We have a hard time with that because most of our love is based off, if you're good to me, then I'll be good to you. So we have a hard time getting that from Father. He just loves me. He just loves me. And I remember years in my life, I would look in the mirror and I'd say, God loves me. And at first it was real sheepish. It was real, I could hardly say it. Now I'll say it real boldly. I mean, I can look at each one of them and say, God loves me. God, I, I'm God's boy. God loves me. Now let's go back a little farther tonight. Go back into the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6, and you say, where is that? Well, you'll hit uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you'll jump into Joshua, and then Judges. And once again, some of you say, why do you say that? Well... I do that a lot of times for my own good. But I remember, you know, growing up, and I didn't know where things in the Bible were. I had all those little markers. Man, I'd have to go back to the index and look. So I always loved it when someone would help me out a little bit. So I'm not doing that to show you how smart I am, okay? I'm not, I, I can't, most of the time, I cannot tell you the whole books of the Old Testament in order unless I sing them to you. <laughs> That'd be a treat. All right, Judges 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and said unto the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, but Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abzerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, you mighty warrior. Now why this is very interesting is everything in Gideon's life would say, not, not. Now right here, I believe the angel is pointing to Gideon's potential. And right here, this angel, he tells Gideon how God viewed him. And how did God view him? You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty warrior. And I believe many of us in this room, we're Gideons. We're just like Gideon's, but I want you to understand, this is how God sees you. But until you learn to see yourself the way God does, you'll never walk in that, and you'll never live in that. You'll never live in that way. The blessings of God come from I can's and not can'ts. What do you mean? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And so we've got to understand that. Through Jesus, through Jesus, through Jesus. Verse number uh, 13. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Now, how many of you ever thought that? It seems like when all hell breaks loose in our life, our first thought is, is God not with me anymore? What's up, God? Do you not see? But think back to what we read just a minute ago in Romans eight thirty-seven. Yet in all these things, 
Just because there's things happening in your life doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Don't call 911 until the angels get down here. Just hold fast. Now, let's keep reading. You'll find some more out here about this guy named Gideon. So he makes this comment, and then he says, And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and he's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, what a response here. I believe Gideon was saying this to this angel, If I'm such a mighty man of valor, then why do I got all these problems, and why do I got all these issues in my life? Now, here's the thought behind this. This is what happens when we allow life's problems, when we allow life's circumstances to identify me instead of Jesus. Now, you may be going through some things right now in your life, and you may, you be, you may be saying some things. What's wrong with me? Why is all this happening? Instead of saying, man, I thank you, Father God, you're moving. You're moving in my life. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And so the angel commissions him. And he says something here. He says, Go in this might of yours. And I think Gideon's looking at him probably with cross eyes and saying, What might of mine? What my, yet this, this angel, go in this mighty of yours. He's telling him, in other words, God has given you permission. You're going to have to go. Just do it. Now look at, look at the response here of Gideon in verse 15. So Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So you know what Gideon's saying here to this angel? He said, listen, dude, you got the wrong man. You got the wrong address. And he tells him, not only am I the, 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 my clan is the least in all this region I live in. He said, I'm the least in all my own family. You know what he's telling him there? I'm the runt of the litter. How can you be saying this to me? This is what happens when he looked through his eyes at himself instead of God's. Many times we look at all the circumstances around us. And here he looks and says, I'm not even the smartest in my own family. Now I think as he said this, I believe the angel's looking at him and wanting to say, you need to shut up. You need to be quiet. Because look what the angel goes ahead and says to him here in verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And so in other words, he was saying, Listen, Gid, quit making all these excuses. Start seeing yourself the way I see you. Quit looking at everything you aren't. And start looking at what I say about you. And so many times in our lives we look and we think, Well... I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. I'm not the most good looking. I, I come from this type of family. Look where I live. But if you'll note in there, God's not concerned about all that. 
And this is where I got to start going back to the scriptures and I got to find my identity in Jesus and say, okay, this is who he said I am. What did he say? I'm more than a conqueror in him. He said in Revelations 12, I'm an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. You know what that means? I'm not a goer under, I'm an overcomer in him. But once again, it's starting to, to go after my fears, my insecurities and say, okay, Lord Jesus. You gotta help me in this. You gotta help me step out in this. How many of you have ever been really fearful of something? I mean, you, oh, you're like, oh, I, I could never do that. I could, and each one of us may have different fears. My greatest fear in my life was standing in front of people. Oh, I'm telling you guys, it would, I wouldn't sleep the night before. I remember in college classes when they said, you're gonna give an oral presentation, I'd say not. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'd look at that professor and you talking about wheeling and dealing. I mean, I'd say, listen, you can knock one whole grade off the path. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I will not do that. And so then I start getting a little older and all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak to my heart about going into the ministry. And I thought that was a great idea to go into ministry until I figured out I'm going to have to stand before people. And it terrified me, guys. Do you know what the Lord did with me? He let me teach a bunch of fifth and sixth graders. And it was wonderful. They even laughed at my jokes. And I'd go in and I'd feel so comfortable. And then he promoted me to the junior hires. And then he just kept moving me up until I began to little get a little bit comfortable. But once again, remember what he said to Gideon? Go oh, in this might of yours. I'm going to help you. you got to get out of the boat. You can't walk on the water by sitting in the boat. you got to get on out. And I'll help you once you get out there. And so I remember, man, the first time I ever spoke to adults, in the back of the room, there was an exit sign. And the whole night I looked at that exit sign. I looked right over their heads, man, right? I'd never make eye contact. And I, I know I lost weight that night. I was so, man, about wet my pants 20 times and everything. But, man, I got through it. I got through it. And I get tickled now when people say, I can't do it. And I say, see that clock back there? Just look at that clock. If you ever get just look at it. It's okay. But once again, I could have hid behind that the rest of my life. But when the Lord was saying, go in this mind of yours, I'm going to help you. See, quit looking at what you are and start looking at what He is. And that only happens when I get in the Word of God and I start reading the Bible and I hear, Jesus said this about me. Jesus said, Jesus gave me permission that I can do all things through Christ. I can do it. Go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Luke, chapter 19. You know, I, I, I love this stuff right here. This is some of the stuff that I cut my teeth on. And I keep doing, I keep getting in the Word, and I keep getting in the Word. And I'm telling you, man, it begins to, it begins to literally transform me. It'll transform the way I think, the way I view everything. And it's healthy. It is real healthy for me, for you too. Luke 19, verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And you've got to understand about the tax collectors in that time. They were social and religious outcasts. The social, they hated them. The religious hated them. 
And so this gives you a little bit of idea. Zacchaeus didn't have a lot of people, friends. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. Now, I believe this many times. We allow our physical attributes to imprison us. Short. I'm not smart. Do you know when you study people of the Bible, did you know Moses had a problem with stuttering? He stuttered. But yet he was one of the greatest leaders of all. How many of you have ever listened to DC Talk? Some of you have, some of you may not. The, the, the singer for them who now plays with somebody, I can't remember, Michael Tate. He now plays with, nah, uh, eh. who? The Newsboys, thank you, thank you. His daddy is a minister, a preacher. And they say about that man that his whole life, when he's outside his pulpit, he stutters. Stutters, stutters, stutters. When he gets in the pulpit, he speaks perfect. But you know what? I look at people like that and I think, see, that could, that could stop them. That's what happens to us many times. And you know what? I'll be the first one to tell you, I butcher the English language. I know I do. I make up words. I mean, there's some of our school teachers, they Google some of the words, and I'll have them say, Pastor, that's not a word. That's not a word. Well, it is in Swanics. It is. I probably, you know, and so I realize, but you know what? I, I'm just going to be passionate about it. And what I tell my wife all the time is, you know what's crazy? They understand it. They get it. All right, keep reading verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Now, when I read this verse right there, he's saying in a roundabout way, if i got to climb up in a tree to see him, I'm going to do it. And so with Zacchaeus, you know what I see right here? He's got an I can attitude. I'm going to see Jesus. I don't care what it takes. But if he would have stayed where he was at, guys, like many of us have done, I will live in excuse land. And you know what excuse land is? It becomes mental quicksand. And you know what our favorite word is? It's not fair. It's not fair. Zacchaeus could have gone through life and said, it's not fair that I'm five one and a half. It's not fair. And many of us have done, it's not fair, it's not fair. But instead of saying that, what did he do? He pursued Jesus. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And so because of his persistence, he got Jesus' attention. And Jesus said to him, I'm coming to your house. And in verse 9 there, he pursued Jesus and Jesus said to him, he said, Zacchaeus, today... Salvation has come to your house. Why? Because there was a man who said, you know what, I'm going to go after the things of God. I'm not going to stand back. I'm not going to sit around and whine. I want you to go one more verse with me tonight. Look with me in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and I know this is where we started and this is where we'll end. Philippians 4. Woo, let, let the Word of God paint a picture on the inside of you. And I want to encourage some of you again. Let the Word of God help you dream. Yeah, just let the Word of God stir you up. You know, I was around a nephew the other day who's 30. 
Man, I'm, I'm telling you, he's incredibly intelligent, just incredibly. I don't know where that gene came from, but he's incredibly intelligent. But he's lost his hope. He's lost his dreams. And I said to him, I said, man, you've got to start dreaming again. And don't dream little. Dream big. Some of you that have bizarre dreams, I mean massive dreams, keep dreaming that way. Dream. I'm telling you guys, God doesn't think little. He, and, and it comes, as a man thinketh, so is he. Man, begin to allow the Word of God to paint a picture on the inside of you. Philippians 4, verse 8. I guess I better get there. Finally, brethren, summing it up all this way, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, dwell, think on these. I tell you, get, get you another translation and read those in a different translation and see all the words that he's talking about here. The message says that begin to think of the best and not the worst. Begin to think of beautiful things, not ugly things. Begin to think of things that are praiseworthy instead of a curse. But i got to learn to fix my mind on the things. Meditate on these. Now, to do this, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take some pers uh, persistence. But you begin to say, I'm going to meditate on these. I'm going to meditate. See, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it then, there and day and night. What am I to meditate on then? The Word of God. When? Day and night. All the days of my life. Every day when I get up. Now, my character and my conduct begin in my mind. That's where they begin. The Amplified says it this way, fix your mind on them. Fix your mind on them. Think about this, guys. Your actions are a byproduct of your thoughts. You don't do something and then think it. No, you think it and then you do it. So once again, when I start lining up with the Word of God, and I'm going to tell you, it will control my actions in my head. As a man thinketh, that's what he's going to do. I encourage you, begin to find Scripture that pertains to your life. Whatever you're going through, begin to write it down. Begin to write it down. Now, once again, I'll close with this. Most of you have been coming. You've heard, you've heard my past. Some of you can tell my own life story better than I can. But I'm going to tell you again. Once again in my own life, I, I love to hear stories of people that have gotten victory in areas of their life and they're walking it out. I love to hear that. I, I never get tired of it. But I remember when I had all those problems with alcohol. I remember this real clearly. That I would get the thought, once a drunk, always a drunk. I'm, I'm never going get, to get past this. Now some of you may have thought that thing. Maybe you've got some things in your life that just really grip you. Quit looking at the problem. Quit looking at what's going on in your life and shift your thinking on what does the Word of God say? So when I got born again and I saw there in Colossians 1.13 where he said, 
I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. I begin to, to speak that. I begin to look at that. I begin to meditate on that. And I loved it because he said, I have delivered you out of the power of darkness. You know what that means? He's already done it. He's already done it. So you know what that meant around the swan house? Christmas. Christmas has arrived. What do you mean? It's time to receive. I got gifts. He's already paid for it. So I begin to write those cards. And once again, it's very important that you write them down and you see them. Get the Word before you. And let that Word start soaking in you. Meditate on it. And I begin to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You've delivered me out of the power of darkness. You've delivered me out of the power of darkness. You delivered. Now, when, when am I supposed to meditate on it? Very in day and night. I'm just keep doing it, keep doing it. And before long. And what happens with some of us, it takes a little longer for the, the Word of God to soak into my mind and my heart because some of us are really hard-headed. And some of us are really hard-hearted. But that Word shall not return void. And I kept letting it soak. And I kept letting it soak. And you know what happens when the Word of God keeps soaking in? It begins to cause roots to grow. And something on the inside, the Word of God started manifesting on the outside. And there started being changes in this old boy. And I started noticing them. And my wife started noticing them. And then I quit and just said, all right, I've arrived. No, I dug in. I dug in. And once again, listen, listen, this will help you. When I blew it and drank again, don't look back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a sorry human being. I can't believe it. No, 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 no. Repent of it and get back over here and start saying, oh, Jesus set me free. Remember, guys, if, if you could have fixed yourself, you'd already done it. So once again, it's just saying, all right, come on the inside of me. Start working. Start working. And the Word of God will give you permission. How do you know you've been delivered by the battle of the power of darkness? Because Jesus said so. And I can do all things through Jesus. And so once again, this is why we've got to just soak in the Word and soak in the Word. You're not a bad person. You've just made some sorry choices. I'm looking in the mirror when I said, don't get me, I'm not saying that toward you. I just realized, this is what we got to understand. You're a good person. You got the love of God on. God says, that's my boy. God loves me. He loves me. Stand up.